Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay, and as always, I have Anna with me on the show today. We are recording this. I think this is now, now our sixth or seventh episode that we've recorded from within quarantine lockdown. Um, it's like the 21st of math. May. Yeah. And yeah. We, what, we went into lockdown just after the 20th of March, I think. So it's been about two months now. Yeah, crazy. So while we instill this like kind of quarantine COVID situation, um, what I thought for this episode was to speak about how we have these four human needs within us and we have two spiritual needs within us and how these are playing out in relation to what we are experiencing now in terms of quarantine and COVID and how some of us are navigating these needs in a certain way and there might be some coping behaviors that are coming in or there might be some upward chance for kind of reestablishing a new normal within yourself or there may be a reverting back to old patterns and old behaviors depending on where you are and how safe and stable you feel within yourself so that is kind of where we're going with this episode in relating it to this framework or lens of what we're experiencing through quarantine and corona so Anna maybe if you want to go through the the four human needs first and we can speak to each one of them first and then we'll explain how it kind of relates to quarantine. Yeah, definitely. So um, we've talked a little bit about the the six human needs on the show before. If you've listened to all the episodes, which some people have, um, maybe you, you've heard this, but if this is a new concept for you, if it's something that you are unfamiliar with, the original concept of the six human needs is from Tony Robbins, who is an NLP practitioner who is a super coach in the US. He does like you know stadium events. And I've been to one of his uh, three-day events, which was Unleash the Power Within back in 2015. But the concept is really based around this idea that all our behaviors or any external behavior that we're creating can be classified within this concept of six human needs. So everything we do we do because we get something from doing that behavior. So all our behaviors meet one or several of these six human needs. So then within these six human needs, they're broken down into two categories. And the first four are the needs of the human nervous system, which are certainty, variety, significance, and love and connection. And then we have the needs of the human spirit, which make up the final two, which are growth and contribution. So when we're looking at each of these needs, certainty is this need to be certain, this need to feel safe. And typically, this is how we're wired as human beings. We're always wired to seek safety because that's essentially just about survival. So when I'm working with clients, often we'll talk about um, within these six human needs, people usually have two, which are their primary drivers. And certainty is usually, but not always, one of those. Then we've got variety. You know, variety is the spice of life. Yes, we like things to feel certain and to feel safe, but we also like to have variety. We need to have different experiences. You know, this is why we like to travel or try different foods or do different things. 
And then we have the need for significance, which is to feel important, to feel special, to feel unique, to feel like we're being seen, to feel like we're being heard, to feel like we're being acknowledged for whatever we're doing in the world. You know, we all have this need to, to feel a little bit of significance. And then we have the need for love and connection, which is, you know, as the name kind of says, it's about building those meaningful connections. Sometimes we can be connecting with people, but that can also be separate from love. So we need both. And something worth mentioning here is that often significance can be a mask for love and connection. When, because love can feel quite vulnerable and connection can feel quite vulnerable. When we don't feel safe to open ourselves up to love and connection, then we can often seek significance instead. But really what we're craving is a need for love and connection. Then the final two, the ones of the human spirit are growth and contribution. So growth is this need to grow, you know, to learn new things, to expand and contribution is about giving to others and um, being able to make a contribution to the world, whether that's on a micro level within your family home or a more macro level in your larger community. So just before we dive onto this or dive into this in relation to specifically quarantine and how it's showing up for many of us, I want to just overlay this with the chakra system because I think it pairs really beautifully. When you're talking about this idea for certainty, like that is very much connected to the root chakra. It's our base energy. It's our feeling of safety, security, grounding. Are my basic needs met? Am I certain that I'm going to have food tomorrow? Like those are like the survival mechanics, which is why it's part of that human essence of what the nervous system needs, as you said. And then this idea of variety, which can sometimes feel like it's a little bit contradictory to certainty, but variety really is about the pleasures of life. It's about having this choice. It's about having our desires. It's that sensual element, which is very much connected to this um, energy at the pelvis. So it's about our sensuality, it's pleasure, it's pain, it's desire, it's what we are drawn to and kind of having this wild dynamic of pleasure and pain that we move away from, which keeps us in flow with life. Like if everything was just perfect, we would stop living. It would be this boring experience. And um, so that's related. Yep. I just want to say it's been so interesting watching your hands as you've been explaining that because there's, you can't see Shay, but there's so much like movement and flow and fluidity and variety in your arm movements, just as you're talking about that energy. It's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, and also like this energy of the pelvis is very much the water element. So it's like this flowing, circular, cyclic um, thing. And I did a workshop online uh, training panel with future females the other day. And somebody asked me after I'd given my um, lecture on creativity and the body and how it works together, they said, um, why do I believe that creativity is a feminine quality or feminine energy and of course that's not it's not to say that men are not creative because of course they are we all have that female and masculine energy within us but the energy of creativity is cyclical the energy of creativity is about curiosity it's about this kind of like wave nature that comes and goes it gives time and space it's it's very um, circular, it comes in patterns as opposed to a masculine energy, which is very forward going, it's very kind of driven in one direction. So a little tangent to that, but it really is about this energy and variety of, of what is held at the pelvis. And in significance is the ego center, which is our solar plexus. It's about my needs, who am I in the world? 
determination, a sense of willpower, a sense of um, that feeling of confidence. And that is very much connected to our significance, which is solar plexus energy. And then up towards the heart, that is our area of love and connection, how we relate to other people, how we are in the world in relationship with other people. And, you know, that's the balancing energy of the body. So below the heart, we have the human needs and the very like kind of basic needs and then above the heart we have the more spiritual centers which is then we move up into the spiritual needs or the needs of the human spirit which is that growth and contribution and growth is about that expansiveness it's about the I'd say like probably throat and third eye together it's that kind of growth and it's about tapping into something that's bigger and moving upwards in this spiral and then um, contribution is that connection to oneness so can we find our sense of divinity can we serve others can we be in relationship with the world at large or in our world at large in a smallest capacity whatever that looks like for you but it's about giving backwards and realizing that when you give outwards you are giving to yourself because we are all one so mm. just wanted to lay that on top of that before we get into this corona piece I just wanted to actually just touch on that, what you said about oneness, because this was actually a bit of a mental block for me, which I quite like to share, is that there's another concept which we've talked about on the show, which is a concept of spiral dynamics, which also overlaps quite nicely with the chakra system. I, I won't go into it all today because we'll, we'll completely go off on a tangent, but there is this kind of part of the unconscious mind, which is oneness and it's at being able to tap into that part of your psyche. And I always felt very separate interestingly from that because I was like you know that that kind of part you almost think of that as like the super super like spiritual person who's just so connected to everything um and I was like okay goals like one day maybe I'll get there like that's enlightenment but actually oneness is so basic and it's so simple and it's really just as simple as I remember you know, when you watch some of those adverts on TV and, you know, it's asking you to donate money for water in Africa or for the, the donkeys or whatever it is. And it's like, Dal, blah, 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 and donate three pounds. And, you know, those adverts are there. They're designed to tug on your heartstrings. And so when you, when you watch these adverts and you see the suffering of other people and you feel that pain and then you're like, okay, let me donate. I want to do something. I want to make this better that's oneness because it's like their pain is my pain. You know, we don't necessarily have to be, we don't necessarily have to reach enlightenment to experience oneness. It's very much just about that empathy with your fellow human being, just being able to see yourself and others because yes, we are all connected. And just also that piece on like enlightenment or, or kind of oneness being something that we have to attain getting so spiritual in order to attain it. I think that's such, that's one of the biggest misconceptions about the spiritual path is that our connection to oneness comes through our humanity. It comes through our getting in touch with the shadow self, getting in touch with our needs, getting in touch with who we are, because it's kind of digging down to get to oneness as opposed to trying to grasp up to something. And it's when we can unlayer the stuff that's within us that we find ourselves at this oneness because we already are there. It's just we put these layers and things on top of it that we actually forget that we are connected to, to everyone and to everything. So, yeah, it's like it's digging down versus grasping up is mm. what I would give as like this analogy for finding that sense of connection to everyone else and to yourself. Yeah, I love that. So then just in terms of 
or kind of why this topic was interesting to me at this time is that what I have been recognizing over this time of quarantine is that because we've got these four basic human needs that with four basic ones and the two spiritual ones, but we've been put into a situation now in quarantine where our sense of certainty is completely being stripped away from us. Like there's no certainty about any jobs. There's no certainty about when things are going to go back to quote unquote normal. There's no certainty about the time frame for this. There's no certainty about any of it. And at the same time, there's also this lack of variety for many of us because we are not going and seeing new things. We're not having new pleasures to delight the senses. We're not going out and seeing people. We're not going out to different places and museums and travels and adventures. So we're having a lack of variety. So those two needs, that certainty and that variety are kind of being taken away from us. And because of that, I have noticed within myself and with other interactions with other people is that we are now leaning more strongly into that sense of love and connection so that we can help balance ourselves. Or for, this is what I've been kind of noticing in the people that I've been speaking to in my own personal journey. It's like, we suddenly are having Zoom calls with family and friends that we wouldn't usually. We are connecting with people that we wouldn't usually have kind of spoken to on a regular basis, but now we're tapping into that. And finding that love and connection is a way for us to center ourselves, to feel that sense of stability when those other needs are not being met or not able to be met. Where I wanted to just chime in on this is that um, as you're speaking, I'm also observing the difference between me and between you, because I know that your personality is much more extroverted, whereas my personality is much more introverted. And what's interesting about the six human needs is that we want to be able to meet them both internally as well as externally. And so the tendency or what I definitely observe in a lot of my coaching clients is that there is this, um, we tend to seek outside of ourselves to meet our needs, often abandoning our ability to meet our needs internally. So as the bottom fell out of the world, what we were attaching to, what we were, what we were using within the world to hold our ground fell away our external certainty was removed. But that doesn't mean that we, we cannot cultivate internal certainty. And so one of the ways in which we can cultivate internal certainty is by, yes, reaching out for love and connection, but not necessarily only externally through other people and connections with other people, but by moving inwards into with inside ourselves because when we when we reach inwards inside ourselves we build more trust with ourselves and then as we build more trust with ourselves then we create that greater sense of certainty and that greater sense of safety personally i have not been drawn to reach out to anyone i'm just like i'm in my bubble <laughs> leave me alone i'm taking rest but that's a reflection of my more introverted personality whereas other people will need will need that love and connection more so externally because that's just one of the ways in which they're wired. Interesting. Do you think or believe that the things that are moving from our external world are replaced by the external reaching for that thing? So let's say externally, the certainty has been taken away. So I'm externally reaching for that love and connection through friends and family. Whereas from an internal perspective, like I feel very certain. I think what, what you're saying about cultivating that sense of certainty from within, like for me, that's meditation 100%. Mm -hmm. And like, thank goodness, like I have been on this meditation path now for many, many years, many, many days. And like, it's really something that I have built as 
it's a practice that I do every day and it's not negotiable. And I really feel that within myself, like there's a sense of grounding that's within me that I don't know where I would be in this crazy chaos without it. And so for me, there's a lot of like, there's certainty from within me and I can cultivate my own sense of variety from within me. And I have cultivated the sense of self-love from within me, but there's also an element of love that I can't get from just personally me only. So it's interesting, like, yeah. What would you say in reflection to that? Um, I would say that love and connection is one of the six human needs. And it's, and it's when, we, when we talk about meeting it internally and externally, we don't want to deny either. You know, it's not mm-hmm. meeting it externally is not wrong. Meeting it internally is not wrong. What we want is both. And I just think that people who are extroverted will maybe have a higher need to reach out and connect. Whereas people who are more introverted, will we still have that need, but it's maybe not as strong. So I think lockdown has definitely been more challenging challenging for the the extroverts um, because it's um, for me I've just loved it because it's um, really helped to facilitate my natural tendencies but for those who are very extroverted and they really thrive on those human connections externally you know it does present more challenges but actually if you don't mind I just wanted to kind of use that as a very interesting segue into what, what you were saying about how you're so grateful that you've cultivated your meditation practice because that gives you your internal sense of certain grounding as well as love and connection so remembering that a lot of these behaviors they don't only tick one box they can tick more than one box and so meditation provides certainty for you meditation provides variety for you meditation provides love and connection for you so it's ticking a lot of boxes but for some people maybe if they haven't necessarily been working on themselves or been spending time cultivating these practices prior to lockdown what can sometimes happen is that old unhelpful patterns or old unhelpful behaviors may start to creep up or there may be a tendency to reach out and attach to new behaviors, helpful or unhelpful to meet some of these needs. And and I was talking to a client the other day who was saying that how like some of the people in her in her work have now all of a sudden gone like vegan or vegetarian because it's they're they're wanting to control something they're wanting to attach to something to provide that sense of control where they feel that the external control is lacking and obviously ages ago we interviewed becky holston who's an amazing coach and she talked about this concept of safety behaviors and how we all we all have safety behaviors they're we can't escape them in our lives because of this human need for certainty, but it might just be interesting as you're listening to this podcast to observe like, Oh, have there been some new things I've started doing, which have helped me to cultivate that sense of safety, that sense of certainty, that sense of security. And have those been good nourishing behaviors that I want to carry now into the future? Or have I actually started doing things and and they're actually not that helpful and maybe I was just grasping for a little bit of certainty where I felt that that was lacking. I love that. So anything else you want to say about the needs, the human needs in relation to Corona and the situation that we're in? Just to kind of follow on from what I just said is that what I've also observed with clients is maybe going back to some old patterns that weren't helpful. So I have a lot of clients, I think it's just the nature of the women that I work with who are often self-abandoning. So they'll self-abandon 
as a coping mechanism to receive love. So what that means is, and maybe this will actually lead us into growth and contribution, is that they'll very often be overgiving to others because that meets a need for significance, that meets a need for love and connection. But in doing so, they end up with the empty cup because the, the flow is constantly external. And so I've definitely noticed in this time where we've maybe been squeezed is sometimes these old patterns and old behaviors from the past that maybe you've been working through come up again. And it's not about making yourself wrong or criticizing yourself or judging yourself for those patterns coming back in. And you thought, oh, you know, I thought I'd move past this. I thought I was doing better. But it's just acknowledging what's happening is that you're defaulting to your old wiring because it's it feels safe, even though it's unhelpful. Then also just maybe noticing if in everything, the situation will amplify everything that's already there. So maybe you haven't been aware yet that you had a problem or, or you, you know, you had a pattern around self-abandoning or you had a pattern around overgiving or you had a pattern around lack of self-care or whatever it may be. And maybe this time has actually been really great to reveal some of that to you because it will always heighten our coping mechanisms. And sometimes our coping mechanisms help us cope, but they're not actually helpful long-term. I think that's so good. And I think that this is exactly what Corona has done is it puts everything into this giant pressure cooker. So it's like, yeah, the emotions are what you're feeling are more extreme. The things that you're moving through are more extreme. Everything is like heightened, heightened, heightened. So it's a really good place to take your magnifying glass and be like, oh, what am I experiencing? Why am I experiencing this? What need is lacking because of my reaction or response to this? And then that's a place where you can start to have some self-inquiry. Like if you have this wild reaction or huge emotional outburst because of something that's happening in quarantine, what need am I not having met here? And once you can establish that, like you can take steps to cultivate that from a sense of place from within yourself. And I think that's like this piece of being able to look at it from within and then also being able to, in many ways, you can meet it from the external as well, but how can you cultivate a balance between the two? Yeah. And you know, it was really interesting. So I know we're going to segue into the needs of the, the spirits, but I just wanted to say this is that so yesterday here in Bournemouth, it was one of the hottest days of the year so far. And now that the, the beaches are open and people can go down to the beach as long as there's social distancing, I was so surprised for like a Wednesday afternoon, like midweek, it, the beach was packed. And Ben and I had decided that we'd go for a walk and we'd buy an ice cream. And I was just expecting it to, naively to be like a normal midweek afternoon on the beach. And, you know, maybe a few people around, but not that busy, but it was like a bank holiday weekend. And it was very interesting. I, I, I could feel this, the whole energy of, you know, everything that was going on. And obviously people have been indoors. Now the sunshine they're allowed to go to the beach just like such a gift but also you know, uh, you know because the bars and everything are still closed you know this is like the one place maybe you can buy some alcohol so like the queues for like um, you know at the little cafes to buy beer and then we're we're walking back and you know there's like there was this mom who was like shouting at her children and there was this, this, we were like basically witnessed like domestic abuse in the street. We were walking back to our house and there was this like guy and he kicked this woman and they were screaming at each other. And it was almost, there was just so much energy release happening. And I came back and I was like, whoa, I just felt all of that. But it was, it's just been really interesting to observe like how, as you mentioned, this pressure cooker 
And now someone's like released the pressure and all this energy just feels like it's spilling out everywhere right now because, you know, people need to express, people need to meet these, these needs. And obviously we all have work to do um, with ourselves, but it was just interesting to really observe how maybe there's been so much which has been kept contained in this lockdown. And now there's almost this need to like release and, and let it all go. Yeah. I think that's, maybe like less to do with like needs that are not being met, but like there's an emotional release that has to happen mm. through the body. Yeah. Like there's, there's, and I think when people have been locked indoors, like there's less opportunity for getting really active or to move your body, shake it out, stamp it out, run it out, sweat it out. Like people are not going to gyms. They're not moving their body, even just like walking to the train station or going to work and having that little bit of movement for some people that's their only movement. And when you take that away, then that emotion sits in the body. And as you say, like the first opportunity that they get, it's like, can this be released and discharged mm -hmm. somewhere? So yeah, super, super interesting. Yeah. And I just want to say like, it's, it's, um, I don't want to say that with judgment because it's, I can completely understand the mechanics of what's happening, but it was a very interesting observation. Just to, I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's so much energy here. So yeah, I just thought I would share. So if we if we go now onto the two spiritual um, spiritual needs, we've got growth and contribution. And something that I was just reflecting on in this, in terms of a personal example, is that sometimes we can be pulled so much into those spiritual needs that we actually have to circle back and tap back into those human needs, those human needs for certainty, for significance. Often, if we think about growth, growth is a place where there is a lot of uncertainty. So when we grow, we are stepping often into a place that's new. That's a place that provides an opportunity for something that's unknown. We don't know how it's, we're going to respond. And that's where we grow in the uncomfortable or the uncertain places. And sometimes when we go so far on that growth path, we actually have to stop ourselves and reconnect back to our sense of certainty to give us that sense of grounding again, because you can kind of spin off out into this like other path that's very in the spiritual realm and they're not grounded in a human experience. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring and helping hundreds of women and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. 
Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So I don't know if you wanted to speak about the big tick in terms of that growth, or you want to talk contribution. Yeah, no, let's talk a little bit about the big tick, which is something we have also covered on a previous podcast. So um, just to kind of very, very briefly explain what it is, is it's a model of change that I was taught in my neurostrategies training by a man called Steve Linder. And it's basically a graphical representation of the way that we move through change or transition and up-level our identity, which means creating the identity shift that is necessary to produce different outcomes in our life. So you you do kind of need a little bit of a visual for this, but it's almost like a square root sign with an extra little level (laughs) added kind of halfway through. And when we are moving through this tick is that there becomes like a halfway point where we're between different identities. So you're not, you haven't fully grasped onto and taken hold of the new identity, which would essentially be the end of a growth cycle, but you're no longer, you're no longer grounded. You're no longer embedded in your old identity, which, which is the old self that you were before you you started to grow. So there can be the feeling of lostness there can sometimes be this feeling of lack of ground as we grow because I mean I personally really like growth I like being stimulated I like feeling like I'm expanding but also growth can feel really painful it can feel really uncomfortable I personally like growth when it's within my control not when I'm blindsided by it and obviously this this corona um, experience has has blindsided people with growth because it wasn't like okay I'm going to do some growing now I'm going to work on myself we were all just thrown into it and so when you're thrown into growth you're almost thrown into this transition point where you can't land or ground in your old experience but you're not quite sure how to grab hold of the new experience and so then then what can happen with this uncertainty that comes with growth is that we can choose to up level and reach for the new the new identity, or we can choose to revert back to the old coping behaviors, which we talked about, but there is, there is some need to ground. And that's often where, like what you were saying, you can feel a bit lost. It can feel a bit spacey. And that's where we want to go back inwards and often find that sense of certainty with inside ourselves. I also think that our ability to be comfortable with growth and that uncertainty is not isolated to the work that we do in a controlled environment. So what you're saying is like, oh, I like growth when it's when I'm in control of it. Of course, like that's the human part of us going, oh, but I like I like to be in control of things and I want <laughs> yeah, I want to control things in a certain 
way because, and that's also like this part of the shadow work as well, but it's when we can cultivate a sense of being comfortable with growth and change and uncertainty in a controlled situation, quote unquote, then when it comes up in an uncontrolled way, when we've got Corona that's blindsiding us, we are more stable in our sense of self because of the work that we've done in other areas of our life when it's been in a more contained, controlled environment, which is why doing this kind of self-development work, excuse me, <clears throat> is so valuable because it's not just related to the hour or two hours or 500-hour workshop, whatever it is that you're working through, but that those skills and those things that you learn are internalized so that you can take them into the rest of your life when things are going crazy and haywire in other areas of your life. So it's like we don't compartmentalize our, our growing, even though it feels safe to do it like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I love that you said that because I think that what happens to a lot of people is they they wait until they're in a very painful position before they make change. This is what we call being motivated by pain energy. And so if you wait until you're in pain energy, you, you wait until things become so uncertain, so unpainful, so unpainful, so painful, and you're experiencing suffering, and then you make a change. But we are the most powerful when we're actually moving towards pleasure. So that might be like, I'm good, but I want to meet this need of my spirit to grow. Um, and let me do some controlled growth but as you say it's like when you when you're rehearsing in controlled growth then when inevitably in life there will be pain points they're they're unavoidable they're inescapable and they don't go away no matter how much work you do but you have that resilience you have patterns and behaviors and habits wired in so that you you are more stable with inside yourself when when you are blindsided and then just connecting to this idea of contribution, this is a personal example that I've had during um, Corona is that I was asked by um, someone on Instagram to help do a logo for some NHS bags. And I was like, yes, I can do this for you. Absolutely. Give you my time. 100%. And this then evolved into, okay, they don't have the money for the bags. Let me do a fundraising campaign. So I did a fundraising campaign for them and set this whole thing up and raised all the money for it and then got the orders in for the bags and got the bags sorted out and lots of back and forth between the production and the people and the money. And it was just the whole big thing. And then I was doing the well-being guides for this NHS hamper and I was doing the design and the layout and this went backwards and forwards to the doctors and staff and it just became this super overwhelming massive project that was taking so much of my contribution so much from me I felt like I was contributing 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 and I actually had to stop and be like there's a need in me for significance here there's a need for me to be validated to be seen as important part of this work it doesn't have to be broadcast over everywhere but just for you to say and recognize like this work that you're doing is really important and it's really valuable and thank you and it was once I could identify that need within myself that I can then voice it and speak it out to the people involved and then that creates a whole difference in dynamic of how the project moves forward so I think that when you are moving up into more of these like higher spiritual aspects it's important to balance this with the human needs so that you don't kind of spin off into this place where you're just constantly giving and constantly just letting your energy leak outwards because you still have to create this container for you to live in from the human self yeah so and, and so basically what you're saying is that like, you know, we have these spirit needs for growth and contribution, but if we, if, if we fall into patterns where we are meeting those needs, meeting those needs, but our other needs, the human needs are becoming depleted, 
we'll start to feel this imbalance, we'll start to feel some sort of incongruence or misalignment happening. And I think similar to you is when the whole Corona thing happened, I wanted to serve. I felt like I need to contribute to my community. I need to support people. I feel like I should be posting lots on social media or doing more, helping more, whatever it might be. And I was just, whoa, I don't have the energy for this because I'm still working on my own health. And I need to make sure that I'm caring for me first. And then when my cup is full, then I can give more. But there's, I do have this tendency to overgive. And I know that that for me is a pattern that's created to receive love externally. So it was very helpful for me to just see, okay, Anna, whoa, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go and save the world right now. It's okay for you to save yourself first. Um, so just having that awareness that contribution is great and it doesn't make you, it, it's great to be able to contribute, but you want to be able to check in that like those basic human needs are being met so that you can give from a place of wholeness and um, I think I read a quote the other day saying, until you learned how to receive fully, you'll never be able to give fully. Mm, I love that. And I think that's why it moves up in the system. Like it's a reason why they come in this order. It's like you go from those basic human survival needs up the chain. And that's why it works like that in the chakra system as well. Like it goes from the ground up. Um, so yeah, take care of yourself and make sure your needs are met before you spread that energy and that love outwards. Mm. I think that's that's all I'm done yeah I've also I think I'm done <laughs> <laughs> and so before we started recording this today Shay I was like yeah I don't know if we're gonna have a lot to say but I feel I feel like we've said a lot and I think it's yeah. um it, I know we've touched on human needs before but it's been really good to chat it through actually in a specific context so I hope you all have enjoyed that and, and deepened your understanding of the six human needs and we look forward to seeing you again soon we'll see you next bye. time bye Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.